Well, hello there. This is Evangelist Timothy Gruber here at the Word of the King. Holiness Bibles for the Blind. Ecclesiastes chapter 8 verse 4 tells us that where the word of a king is, there is power. And we may say unto him, What doest thou? Father, in Jesus' name, Lord God, come before you, Lord God, and again, Lord God, we just ask you now, Lord God, to speak to us, Lord God, through your words, Lord God, and Lord, as we look, dear Lord God, at this teaching, dear God, and his Hebrew roots, doctrine, Lord God, that you would help us, Lord God, to see through the spirit of lies, dear God, that is at work, dear God, in the name of Hebrew roots, Lord God, and Lord, that you would help us, dear God, to help others, dear God, who themselves, dear God, have been seduced by the spirit of lies, dear God, at work in the name of Hebrew roots. And Lord God, we pray, uh, again, Lord God, for uh, Emily and her family, Lord God, pray for the salvation of her mother Mary Jo, and put that whole situation to you there as well, dear Lord God, as I forgot to mention that earlier. We ask you to uh, get on our glory through that and work at heart, so Lord God, as you see fit. Be glorified now, sanctify, dear God, all the more through thy word, even as thy word is truth. In Jesus' name we pray and give thanks. Amen. Amen. All right. You can turn to St. Matthew, chapter 12, a while. While you're turning to St. Matthew, chapter 12, I'm just going to go ahead and read here from St. Mark 4, just reiterate something that we said recently. Um, it says St. Mark, chapter 4, Sabbath and are blameless. But I say unto you that in this 
place is one greater than the temple. But if he had known what this meaneth, I will have mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless. The Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath day. And when he was departed thence, he went into their synagogue, and the old man was a man which had his hand withered. They asked him, saying, Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath days? That they might accuse him. Verse 11. And he said unto them, What man shall there be among you? That shall have one sheep, and if it fall into a pit on the Sabbath day, will he not lay hold on it and lift it out? How much then is a man better than a sheep? Therefore is it lawful to do well on the Sabbath days. Then say, If he did the man, stretch forth thine hand, and he stretched it forth, and was restored whole like is the other. Then the Pharisees went out and held a council against him, how they might destroy him. But when Jesus knew it, he withdrew himself from thence, and great multitudes followed him, and he healed them all, and charged them that they should not make him known, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by his eyes the prophet, saying, You are my servant, whom I have chosen, my beloved, and whom my soul is well pleased. I will put my spirit upon him, and he shall show judgment to the Gentiles. Shall not strive, nor cry, but shall any man hear his voice in the streets? The bruised reed shall he not break, the smoking flax shall he not quest, till he send forth judgment unto victory. And in his name shall the Gentiles trust. Then was brought unto him what possessed the devil, blind and dumb, and he healed him insomuch that the blind and dumb both spake and saw. Verse 23. And all the people were amazed and said, Is not this the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, This fellow doth not cast out devils, but by the only above the prince of the devils. And Jesus knew their thoughts, and said unto them, Every kingdom divided against itself is both desolation, and every city or house divided against itself shall not stand. And if Satan cast out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then shall his kingdom stand? And if I by the only above cast out devils, by whom do your children cast them out? Therefore they shall be your judges. If I cast out devils by the Spirit of God, then the kingdom of God has come unto you. Or else how can one enter into a strong man's house and spoil his goods? Except he first bind the strong man, and then he will spoil his house. He that is not with me is against me, and he that gathereth not with me scattereth abroad. Verse 31. Before I say unto you, all manner of sin and blasphemy shall be forgiven unto men. The blasphemy against the Holy Ghost shall not be forgiven unto men. Whosoever speaketh the word against the Son of Man, it shall be forgiven him. Whosoever speaketh against the Holy Ghost, it shall not be forgiven him, neither in this world, neither in the world to come. Now, in case you do not understand why the Pharisees made such an accusation against Jesus, you will understand after we get done with this here tonight. Again, we're continuing to embrace Hebrew Roots, Chapter 3 by Victoria Dillon. Talbot and Jesus Christ, the author writes, Since we are asked to embrace the teachings of the Talmud and various other writings of the Hebrew people, we should start by inquiring as to what these teach about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Real quickly, let's just rehash or go over once again the Talmud. Babylonian Talmud is a commentary on the Mishnah composed by Babylonian Jewish sages. Now the Mishnah, again, 
The Jews of Spain who followed Babylonian rather than Palestinian Jewish traditions were exiled to Sephardic, from whence they have been credited with dis disseminating Kabbalism throughout Europe. See in Carta and Goldier's Encyclopedia entries on the Sephardi below. Amongst the most important Jewish thinkers from the Sephardic tradition was Moses Maimonides. Moses Maimonides lived from 1138-1204. He spent 10 full years compiling the Mishnah Torah, which he continued to revise throughout his lifetime. Moses Maimonides, Rabbi Moshe ben Maimon, usually referred to in Hebrew by the acronym Rav Bamin, was one of the following, was one of the towering figures in medieval intellectual and religious life. Most of his writings were in Arabic since he lived in Islamic Spain. In addition to his law code, he excelled in the field of philosophy, science, medicine, exegesis, and communal leadership. Though born in Spain, in his youth, his family fled religious persecution, settling in Egypt. Maimonides' Mishnah Torah was intended to be a summary of the entire body of Jewish religious law. It opens with a section on systematic philosophical theology derived largely from Aristotelian science and metaphysics, which it regards as the most important component of Jewish law. Most other Jewish codes avoiding mixing creed and religious law, and Maimonides' interpretation of Jewish religion in terms of Greek ideas aroused much opposition. So, again, uh, if I would just interject here, this um, Moses Maimonides is the author of the Mishnah Torah, it's called. And uh, according to this author, as the information is posted at www.blessedquietness.com, in Chapter 10 of the English translation, Maimonides' Mishnah Torah curses Jesus Christ. It is a mitzvah, religious duty, capital A, capital R, capital C, however, to eradicate Jewish traitors, and a picturing, and to cause them to descend to the pit of destruction, since they cause difficulty to the Jews and sway the people away from God, as did Jesus of Nazareth and his students, and Sidoch by and their students, made the name of the wicked rock. So, Mr. Torah, all the most Maimonides, very anti-Christ, to say the least. The Talmud, uh, according to the author here at www.blessedquietness.com, Babylonian Talmud, again, uh, the author is going to be getting to the Talmud and Jesus Christ. So, the rehashing here, the Talmud and the history behind the Talmud. The Babylonian Talmud is a commentary on the Mishnah composed by Babylonian Jewish sages, Rav, from the early 3rd to the 6th century. A Jewish sage who was from Babylonia would have been addressed by the title Rav, while one who lived in Israel would have been called Rabbi. One portion of the Talmud dealt with folklore, especially magical and medical recipes. The following statement from Torah to Kabbalah by R.C. Musaf Adrias, 
on the primacy of the Babylonian Talmud. Is representative of Jewish scholarship. And uh, there is a quote here from page 40 of New York Oxford University Press, 1982. There are two editions of the Talmud, the Jerusalem Talmud and the Babylonian Talmud. These two, the Babylonian Talmud is authoritative for Orthodox Judaism, which regards it as divinely inspired. The superiority of the Babylonian Talmud is so great that when people now talk about the Talmud, they always mean the Babylonian Talmud. The authority of the Babylonian Talmud is also greater than that of the Jerusalem Talmud. In cases of doubt, the former is decisive. And if I would just interject here again, this Babylonian Talmud, this Talmud is very, very much a part of Judaism today. Quoting Joseph Barclay in Secret Societies and Subversive Movements, Nestle Webster has exposed the virulent, the virulent Antichrist teachings of the Talmud. So also, it was the rabbis who, after hiding from the people the meaning of the sacred tradition at the moment of its fulfillment, after it was poisoned, that same stream for future generations. Abominable colonies on Christ and Christianity are found not only in the Kabbalah, but in the earlier editions of the Talmud. And these, says Barclay, our Lord and Savior is that one, such an one, a fool, the leper, the deceiver of Israel. Efforts are made to prove that he is the son of Joseph Pandira before his marriage with Mary. His miracles are attributed to sorcery, the secret of which he brought in a slit in his flesh out of Egypt. He is said to have been first stoned and then hanged on the eve of the Passover. His disciples are called heretics and appropriate, appropriate names. They are accused of immoral practices, as the New Testament is called a simple book. The references on these subjects manifest the most bitter aversion and hatred. Joseph Barclay, the Talmud, page 38-39, uh, Omni Publications, 1964, page 1819. So, back to Victoria Dillon. The Talmud and Jesus Christ. Since we are asked to embrace the teachings of the Talmud and various other writings of the Hebrew people, we should start by inquiring as to what these teach about our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. 1 John 5, verses 10 to 13 reads, He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. And this is the record that God hath given to us eternal life, and this life is in his Son. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath not the Son hath not life. These things have I written unto you that believe in the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life, and that you may believe in the name of the Son of God. From a Jewish article about Jesus, we learn that the Talmud slanders our Savior, Jesus Christ. The Jewish encyclopedia admits, admits that Jewish legends concerning Jesus are found in the Talmud in Midrash and in the life of Jesus. Told it up. Yeshu, that originated in the Middle Ages, is it is, it is the tendency of all these sources to belittle the person of Jesus by ascribing to an illegitimate birth, magic, and a shameful death. 
I trust you're starting to see now why uh, Pharisees all the more made the accusation that they made. Vivian goes on. Upon scrutiny, one also finds that Jesus is maligned as a false teacher. He, speaking of Jesus, is referred to in the Talmud as Ophel-ish, that man. The one who is known to all in the track Abhoda Zara, 6a, we read, he is called a Christian who follows the false teachings of that man who taught them to celebrate the feast on the first day of the Sabbath, that is, to worship on the first day after the Sabbath, probably the one who was hanged. Many people believe the name for Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua or Yeshua. However, the complete now, this right here, just interjecting, this right here is talking about how the Talmud, how Orthodox Jews in general today uh, refer to the name of Jesus. Many people believe that the name for Jesus in Hebrew is Yeshua or Yeshua. However, the complete, quote, name in Hebrew would be Yeshua Hanusri. Jesus the Nazarene, he's called Luxury from the city of Nazareth. In the Talmud, Christians are also called Luxreen, amongst other things. Since the word Yeshua means Savior, the name Jesus rarely occurs in the Jewish books. It is almost always abbreviated to Yeshua. In the Talmud, the name Yeshua can apparently be translated, quote, as if it were composed of the initial letters of the three words, Imach Shema Bezikro, meaning, may his name be blotted out. Hebrew roots proponents might say that these teachings are in the past. However, a review of various sources reveals the same or similar teachings. The Talmud and Kabbalah teachings of the Toledoth Yeshu, or Toledoth Yeshu, or Sefer Toledoth Yeshua, represent various teachings regarding Christ, which may be shocking to many. A brief overview of these teachings refers to writings that quote the Talmud, Treaties Sabbath, Folio 104, Treaties Sanhedrin, Folio 107, and so on. Folio 47, which presents this falsified account of Jesus. Vivian now goes on to uh, lay out this quote concerning this falsified account of Jesus. The Toledo Yeshu relates to the most decent details that Miriam, a hairdresser of Bethlehem, affianced to a young man named Yochanan, was seduced by a libertine, Joseph Pantu, or Pandira, and gave birth to a son whom she named Yehoshua Yeshu. According to the Talmudic authors of the Soto and the Sanhedrin, Yeshu was taken during his boyhood to Egypt, where he was initiated into the secret doctrines of the priest, and on his return to Palestine, gave himself up to the practice of magic. The Toledo Yeshu, however, was on to say that on reaching manhood, Yeshu learnt the secret of his illegitimacy on account of which he was driven out of the synagogue and took refuge for a time in Galilee. 
Corinthians goes on with another quote concerning this falsified account of Jesus. Now, there was in the temple a stone which was engraved the Tetragrammaton, capital Y, capital H, capital W, capital H, or Shem Alphurus, that is to say, the ineffable name of God. This stone had been found by King David when the foundations of the temple were being prepared and was deposited by him in the Holy of Holies. Yeshua, knowing this, came from Galilee and penetrated into the Holy of Holies, read the ineffable name, which he transcribed onto a piece of whom parchment and concealed in an incision under his skin. By this means, he was able to work miracles to persuade the people that he was the Son of God foretold by Isaiah. With the aid of Judas, the sages of the synagogue, succeeding in capturing Yeshua, who was then led before the great and little Sanhedrin, by whom he was condemned to be stoned to death and finally hanged, quote-unquote. Such is the story of Christ, according to the Jewish Kabbalah. This false witness to the person of Jesus in the Talmud is also confirmed by Reverend Ivy Pretis in his online report, The Talmud of Mass, the secret rabbinical teachings concerning Christians and other sources. Vivian goes on. Another Jesus? Question mark. In his article, some disturbing aspects of the so-called Hebrew Roots movement and their implications. Andrew Gold presents the Hebrew Roots doubtful view concerning the validity of the gospel account of Jesus. And uh, Vivian quotes Andrew Gold here. It has been widely accepted in Hebrew Roots circles that Jesus spoke Hebrew and that the gospels were originally written in Hebrew. Those Hebrew roots ministries have been influenced in this notion by the output of a body called the Jerusalem School of Synoptic Research, and most especially due to the widespread influence of the book, Understanding the Difficult Words of Jesus, published by David Dugan, director of the Jerusalem School of Synoptic Research, and his partner, Roy Blizzard, in 1984 and reprinted in 1994-1995. According to the Jerusalem School of Synoptic Research, there is a more authentic life of Jesus than the gospel accounts. Vivian now quotes from this source from the Jerusalem School of Synoptic Research. There was an original Hebrew life of Jesus, the parts of which are canonical Greek gospel texts are mere compilations and translations. The individual words of the Greek text that we have are standard Greek equivalents used to translate Hebrew documents into Greek. Therefore, we can retranslate back into Hebrew to discover what Jesus really said. Failure to appreciate the Hebraic origins of the Gospels has led to mistranslation, misinterpretation, spiritually damaging error, and doctrinal confusion. Vivian goes on. Toledo, the shoe, with its various components, is one of the Hebrew or Jewish views of Jesus, those who rejected him as doctrine in the flesh. It has been established that the original manuscripts of the New Testament were composed in Greek. One accepts Jewish thought regarding who Jesus was, according to Judaic writings and teachings, that Jesus was not divine. It has also been made that he was not viewed as divine by his disciples, but was viewed as the human Messiah. This subject will be pursued in the next section on Jewish thought. 
Sir James Fraser, author of The Golden Ball, mentions that to cast doubts of the historical reality of Jesus would be hardly less absurd than it would be to doubt Muhammad and so on. Other historians reiterate that the existence of Christ is an historic fact. However, Rene Ginnon, who writes with inside knowledge of theosophy in Lay Theosophy's Me, 1921, cites a reference to the occultic Melotis of 1887, which states that Jesus Christ of the New Testament never existed, but the Jesus of the Talmud did exist. Vivian goes on here, another quote from this source. Madame Blavatsky's writings. Now, I'm just going to interject here for a moment. Madame Blavatsky, in case you didn't know, she is like the mother of the New Age movement. Madame Blavatsky's writings on the person of Christ. For me, Jesus Christ, that is to say, the man God of the Christians. Copy of the avatars of all countries, of the Hindu Krishna as of the Egyptian Horus, was never a historical personage. Hence, the story of his life is merely an allegory founded on the existence of the, a personage named Yehoshua, or Lud. Elsewhere, she asserted that Jesus may have lived during the Christian era or a century earlier, as the separate Thomas Yehoshua indicates. So, Vivian, after clarifying here, the fact that Mavram Blavatsky elsewhere asserted that Jesus may have lived during the Christian era or a century earlier, as the separate total Jehoshua indicates. Once again, here is a quote, and Madame Blavatsky went on to say of the Sabbaths who deny the historical value of this legend that they either lie or talk nonsense. It is our master who affirm it. If the history of Jehoshua or Jesus spent in there is false, then the whole of the Talmud, the whole of the Jewish canon law, is false. It was the disciple of Jehoshua ben Parakai, the fifth president of the Sanhedrin since Ezra, who rewrote the Bible. This story is much truer than that of the New Testament, of which history does not say a word. Vivian goes on, is it possible that Yehoshua ben Pindera of the Toledo Yeshua of the Talmud, who was initiated into the secret doctrines and gave himself up to the practice of magic, is Yehoshua or Yeshua from the Hebrew Roots Ministries worship? The following is a portion of an email exchange dated January 28, 1999, between the writer, Vivian, and Yuri Marcus of Nehemiah Trusty Covenant Fund. Vicki uh, Dillon. The name Jesus Christ is known worldwide and synonymous with Christianity. That is a historical fact. Yuri Marcus responds, Today, yes, 200 plus years ago, it was synonymous with nothing. How naive are you of history? Vicki Dillon responds, The Jewish people rejected Jesus Christ as divine and believe that he was not God come in the flesh. I believe, on the other hand, that he is all of that. Where do you stand, Yuri? In the Jewish belief, or in what Christ himself said and what is taught in the New Testament? Yuri Marcus responds, I believe in the Jewish belief, but your definition is somewhat lacking. 
doesn't look like you would understand it since it has already been explained and it just goes right over your head. I just wanted to clarify, but I, I said originally her name is Vicky. It's Vicky, Vicky, Vicky Dillon is the author's name. Vicky, not Vivian, Vicky Dillon. Vicky goes on. From the La Science Disc the Spritz, by the 19th century economist Alita Slavi, we learn that the Kabbalistic, Philadelphia Yeshu, and the Sinopolitic teachings were purposely hidden from Christians. The Philadelphia Yeshu of the separate Philos, Yeshu, described here as originating in the Middle Ages, belongs in a much earlier period. Alita Slavi asserts that the separate Philos which the Jews attribute a great antiquity, and which they hid from the Christians with such precautions that this book was for a long time unfindable. It's quoted for the first time by Raymond Martin of the Order of the Preaching Brothers. This book was evidently written by a rabbi initiated into the mysteries of the Kabbalah. History reveals that the Talmud itself was put on trial in order to be burned by King Louis the Nuzzle in June of 1242 because of the various standards against Christ and Christianity. It was stated that the Talmud contained such things as it being acceptable to deceive a Christian without any scruple and that it was permitted to break a promise and so on. Go ahead here and just finish this one section. Stories contained in Tobito Yeshu and similar teachings were known in Jewish circles, but did not come into the hands of the Gentiles or Christians until Raymond Martin translated Tobito Yeshu into Latin. Later, Martin Luther summarized it in German under the name Shem Emporsch, and his expose can be found in French and Gustave Burnett's Evangelist Hypocrisies. According to Geschichte der Juden, by Jewish historian Heinrich Graves, the image of Jesus Christ is simply an offshoot of Essenism, and Jesus was just performing what any adept in the mysteries could do. And again, if I can interject here, we are simply laying out what uh, the Kabbalistic, Talmudic, the Jewish perception of Jesus Christ is. And indeed, it is Antichrist. Thus, the Jewish historian Greeks declares that Jesus simply appropriated to himself the essential features of Essenism, and that primitive Christianity was nothing but an offshoot of Essenism. Next up, Webster summarizes the Christ of the Talmud. So after representing Christ as a magician in the Toledo Yeshu of the Tal- and Talmud, Jewish tradition seeks to explain his miraculous works as those of a mere healer, an idea that we shall find descending right through the secret societies to this day. The miracles of Christ were simply due to a knowledge of natural laws and his doctrines for the outcome of a sect. The whole theory of his divine power of mission falls to the ground. Then 
great source to state that when the teachings regarding Jesus Christ and the Tolkien Yeshua and other Jewish books were discovered in the early 1600s, there were serious repercussions. A Jewish synod in Poland in 1631 ordered the offending passages to be expunged to be replaced by circles which the rabbis would fill in orally when giving instructions to young Jews. This is documented by PLB Drack. I think he has a quote here. Drach. Uh, OPCIT 168-169. Text of this encyclical is given in Hebrew and also in translation thus. This is why we enjoin you, under the pain of excommunication major, to print nothing in future editions, whether of Mishnah or of the Gemara, which relates whether for good or evil to the acts Jesus the Nazarene, and to substitute instead a circle like this, O, which will warn the rabbis and the schoolmasters to teach the young these passages only viva verse. By means of this precaution, the saints amongst the Nazarenes will have no further pretext to attack us on this subject. Lake Talbot, Day Babylon, page 45, 1831-1831. He goes on. These passages are said to have been reinserted since then, although the such offensive passages would not necessarily be in any English translations or newer editions. These then are some of the Hebrew roots, a significant part of which are the teachings and thought within the Talmud regarding our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Some might say that the views presented from the past regarding Jesus Christ do not apply today or have no effect on our study in Jewish tradition, teachings, or thought within the Hebrews movement, that perhaps the above information is no longer taught. We must ask ourselves then, what was and is today Jewish thought regarding the Messiah, salvation, sin, Son of God, and the divinity of Christ? Do these Jewish terms mean the same as what we think? John 14, verse 6, Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. Acts 4.12, neither is there salvation in any other. For there is none of the name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. In his volume, the Talmud, Joseph Barclay confirmed the writings of Drach, a Talmudist turned Catholic, whose writings were never refuted by Jews, that Jesus was a sorcerer. The following colonies on Christ and Christianity occur, not only in the Kabbalah, but in the earlier editions of the Talmud. In these, says Barclay, our Lord and Savior is that one, such a one, a fool, the leper, the deceiver of Israel. Efforts are made to prove that he is the son of Joseph Pandira before his marriage with Mary. His miracles are attributed to the sorcery of the secret of which he brought in a slit in his flesh out of Egypt. He is said he has been first stoned and then hanged on the eve of the Passover. His disciples are called heretics and opprobrious names. They are accused of the moral practices in the New Testament is called a simple book. References to these subjects manifest in those bitter aversion and hatred. We're going to conclude there for the night. Let me just interject and say, isn't that interesting? In his volume, I think he records here, in his volume, the town that Joseph Barclay confirmed the writings of Drock, a Talmudist Catholic in his writings, never refuted by Jews, that Jesus was a sorcerer. 
And I'm once again reminded, once again reminded, and I'll conclude this message with this verse right here in Revelation. And then, Kenny, you can uh, give the invitation. Here in Revelation, the word from the Lord. To the angel of the church of Philadelphia, Revelation 3, verse 7, and to the angel of the church of Philadelphia, write, These things say that he that is holy, he that is true, he that hath the key of David, he that openeth, and no man shutteth, and shutteth, and no man openeth. Or say, I know thy works, behold, I have set before thee an open door, and no man can shut it. But I have a little strength, and has kept my word, and has not denied my name. Verse 9, Behold, I will make them in the synagogue of Satan, which say they are Jews, and they are not, but do lie. I will make them to come and worship before thy feet and to know that I have loved thee. Well, we're told, but as many as are the works of the law are under the curse, for cursed be everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. We're told in the book of Galatians. Oh, but here it is. But God commended his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Repent ye and believe the gospel, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thy heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved, and the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, shall cleanse you from all sin, for if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins, and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Menial, moral, sin, whatever you call it, all unrighteousness, God is faithful to forgive those who confess their sins to him through faith in Jesus Christ, his death, burial, and resurrection alone, for by grace he is saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, Call upon the Lord today. This is Evangelist Timothy Groover. Till next time, God bless you and yours.